On your Monday episode of Locked on Raptors, the Toronto Raptors are back in the Eastern time zone. And boy, oh boy, am I thrilled. We will dig into what happened for the Raptors on a two and four road trip. We'll dig into what comes next as they return home for a little bit of home cooking. And we also address the ongoing elephant in the room. That is Pascal Siakam. All coming up today. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopey. Get that garbage out of here. What's going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, January the 15th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. We're covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that's busted at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, you can join us in the Locked On Raptors Discord server. The link is free to join. It's in the description of the podcast each and every day. We'd love to see you join us in there with our little Locked On Raptors listener family a family that argues sometimes over what the Raptors should do about Pascal Siakam but we always come back around to be friendly with one another it's a beautiful place on the basketball internet a hard to find type of place where uh not everything is toxic and mean all the time all right we'd love to see you there let's go uh you can also find the show for free wherever you get your podcast follow subscribe rate review tell a friend it's always appreciated when you support the show however you report however you support the show don't report the show please uh and of course you can find us on youtube subscribe to the channel hit the little notification bell and you will never miss an episode when it premieres which is perfect for you every day is out there of which all of you should be at this time. Though I understand if maybe you're not all that psyched to listen to a recap of that game against the Utah Jazz on Friday. But, perfect, we're not really going to talk about the game specifically against the Utah Jazz on Friday, where the Raptors lost 145-113 in the schedule lossiest schedule loss that ever schedule lost. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit here, take stock of the road trip that was, talk about Pascal Siakam and what lies ahead as they return home the Celtics tonight. That's a toughie. Uh, and we'll do that all today with our pal Vivek Jacob from Sportsnet, from uh, Cricket Canada, from the whole internet. Big V, how's it going, pal? It's going great. I mean, we got some tennis on in the morning. Felix Oje <laughs> Aliasim is in a, a battle in the fifth set, so... We got that going on. We got Cricket Canada stuff coming your way soon. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and for now, I am happy to talk Raptors with you, bud. Big V and his sicko element. It's uh, it's fantastic. We love to see it. I love it for you very, very much. Hope the tennis is treating you well. Uh, all right, let's dive in. Again, we're not really going to focus on the nuts and bolts of the game against the Jazz. I think this loss was more or less pre- pre-prescribed. A couple of emotional games in LA coming off of those. The last game of a road trip, usually the type of game that teams sort of let up for and are just like exhausted. They can smell the home cooking and the return home we see this all the time not to mention they're playing at altitude they're playing without Jakob Pertl against a team with lots of very good bigs and they're playing against the Jazz team that A is red hot and B is maybe coached by a genius in Will Hardy oh my god that guy can coach and they're a team that throws a lot of junk at you that requires like high level on-court problem solving 
which when you're exhausted at the end of a six game trip, maybe you don't have the brain capacity to do high level problem solving on the court. And so you get a 145 113 loss. So instead of diving into the nuts and bolts of that, we will just kind of take stock of the road trip as a whole. Vivek, two and four for the Raptors on the trip. I think they probably deserved better than that. Um, you know, they played very well in, I would say, five of the six games, you know, minus the first half against the Kings, but the second half was really inspiring. They're three and four overall since the trade. Six of those seven have come on the road. Perfectly fine way to start this new era, I would argue. Um, but, you know, you lose a game like that and you start to think about some things. You had R.J. Barrett kind of crashing back to earth, two of nine in this one. Uh, you know, no longer the most efficient player in the history of basketball. That is, once again, of course, Nikola Jokic, who can't miss a shot these days. Big V, overall takeaways from the road trip. Uh, do you feel like it was a success? Do you feel like it leaves you with more questions than answers or more answers than questions about what this team looks like going forward? I mean, I'm encouraged by what I've seen since the trade. Obviously, a bummer to end the road trip the way it did uh, against the Jazz. But, you know, again, you, you take that as a schedule loss and you kind of move on. I think uh, what encouraged me with this team was the show of, like, resilience and poise. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned, you know, the way the Kings dominated that first half and made every three. The way the Raptors fought back in that and were right in it uh, in that final minute uh, and had a chance, you know, uh, to win that thing. That was impressive to me. You think about, yeah, the Raptors played a great first half against the Warriors, probably the most complete half of the season. Uh, the Warriors did their third quarter thing, and it could have very easily have been, oh, here come the Warriors. Um, but no, they punched right back at the very end of that third quarter in the fourth quarter uh, early on to, you know, kind of, create that separation again. So that was another encouraging sign. You think about the calls that went against them in uh, the Lakers game. You get outshot at the free throw line, 23 to two, 15 to two before the intentional uh, fouling. The frustration was there, but it didn't affect their play. And they yep. just kept going at it and they end up losing by one. So that's another encouraging sign. And then of course the Clippers, you, it, the way they fell flat against the Jazz, you wouldn't have blamed them if on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, missing Pascal, missing Yak, if they just fell flat against a very good Clippers team. And mm -hmm. no, they battled in that one too. Um, and, you know, Blake Murphy uh, tweeted out how, you know, it's been a long time since we've seen that annoying Raptors team that just won't go away. Mm -hmm. And so those are the biggest takeaways for me uh, from this road trip, the the resilience and the poise that was shown. Uh, yeah, they ca it came flat uh, against the Jazz, but again, that's bound to happen after a long road trip. Yeah, I think all told, some pretty positive takeaways from the trip away. You know, again, two and four, not what you want to see record wise. They have, they do have to start like winning some games here if they, you know, I, I think they have designs on, you know, fighting for the plan. You know, they don't have much to lose, frankly. I think tanking to keep their pick A is pretty unrealistic with the way the Grizzlies have now fallen into all sorts of states of disrepair. And, you know, there just seems to be a very clear bottom six right now in the NBA. And, you know, I guess you could try to fight for the seventh best odds, but are you really hoping lottery odds save you there? I'm probably not doing that. 
And also, you know, there's incentive for this team to go and try to win basketball games, right? Like they have new guys. They're trying to figure out the fit. They're trying to incorporate. And I think there is plenty of runway here for them to play some meaningful basketball down the stretch. They have arguably their toughest stretch of the schedule behind them now. Obviously, still some tough games on tap, but a lot more at home than on the road over the next little bit here. Um, so, yeah, I think you have to feel pretty good. Obviously, you know, some of the positives of the trip as well. You discover Jonte Porter. He becomes seemingly a big part of the rotation. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts against the Celtics tonight. We'll see. You know, by the time you hear this, that may already be determined. But I think with the way Thad Young kind of came crashing back to earth on Friday against the Jazz and with the way the uh, you know that Porter seems to be really fitting in, offering some playmaking from the center spot, six assists in that Jazz game is pretty awesome. Um, I, I do feel like we're probably trending towards Porter being a starter for this team until Jakob Pertl is back. And that's a really nice little bit of, again, found money, a guy that we did not really count on getting signed to a two-way, quickly working his way through the G League and finding his way on the team. Like this is the stuff that the Raptors used to do very well. And so to get one of those development stories, be one of the through lines of this road trip, I think that sort of boosts up the success quotient a little bit as well, even with the record falling to two and four. Um, were there any sort of concerns for you? If we're sort of, maybe we're doing like a, an impromptu good, bad hmm on the road trip itself, I guess right now. Um, anything that really popped up is like, okay, like, some nice fun stories. The vibes are great. All of this, you know, new arrivals. But is there anything that's kind of standing out to you as like something that has to be addressed if they are going to convert these better vibes and better fit into more victories going forward from the road trip? So I think the last time I was on here, I had mentioned how, you know, with OG and Obi gone, we have Scotty Barnes defending up top more often now. And mm -hmm. I think uh, we're seeing... Uh, that be a bit of a problem for this team. And I think in addition to teams looking at the Raptors and saying, hey, there's no Jakob Pertl inside, there's that belief that, hey, you can blow by these guys. Uh, I think quickly from what I've seen so far is uh, a pretty good team defender, especially when mm -hmm. he's low. Um, but one-on-one, -on -one, there's uh, opportunities for him to improve. I'll put it that way. And Him, RJ, and Pascal got burned a whole bunch in that Friday game against the Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I think uh, that's something that uh, needs to be addressed, uh, that needs to be improved um, in terms of the personnel uh, on the team right now. That might just be an issue for this team uh, in terms of the way they line up. And so unless you can find that uh, premier defender uh out on the perimeter, yeah, I think this is going to continue to be an issue. And again, it, it does take away from Scotty's strengths. Uh, and so that's something that I probably look at and say is the biggest concern for me. Yeah, I think defense in particular has to sort of be there as a big screaming red flag. Obviously, they weren't a very good defensive team before, and they have a little more leeway to be a not great defensive team because their offense is humming along at a top 10 rate right now. But they're 26 in defense since January the 1st uh, over these seven games, right? Like, it's it's not exactly what you want. And yes, there was that game against the Warriors where, where I think Scotty Barnes did a kind of fantastic job sticking with Steph Curry. But guarding Steph Curry is a lot different than guarding your typical lead guard ball handler. Steph Curry's flying around off screens. It's a lot of sort of work on the perimeter, whereas, uh, you know, your more traditional lead ball handlers, you're having to stay in front of in pick and roll actions. 
and that is something that Scotty Barnes has not had a ton of success with as a lead point of attack defender. You know, I, I it's would also, like to see. Yeah. Just quickly, that challenge is also very different without Draymond Green and without Chris Paul. As 100%. Well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and look, I think right now with no Yaka Pirtle, there's an opportunity here for Scotty Barnes to man the five quite a bit. And I would like to see that a little bit more as they get back home, reset things, get some practice, practice time, um, maybe have Scotty feature a little bit more as your sort of traditional big man, because he's had really nice flourishes in that spot throughout this season. Obviously, Jonte is going to figure in there as well. But yeah, overall, the defense just kind of has to be better if this wants to be a serious team. And look, I don't think this is the nice thing about where we're at. Yes, they're 15 and 24. Yes, they're not a very good team right now, but there's not a whole lot in terms of stakes. It, they can kind of just like play ball, tinker, figure some things out. And ultimately, I don't think the end result of the season is going to tangibly change like my future outlook for the group or anything like that. Obviously, the deadline is still looming. We'll get to that in a sec here. But um, as far as just like, tinkering trying stuff out putting guys in the best positions to succeed i think there's a lot of runway here for dr ryakovich to try some stuff because they're not playing for something that's you know crazy high stakes you know they get to the nine seed great if they finish 11 or 12 like okay that's not the best you don't love that but i don't think the next 40 something games are really indicative of um sort of what lies ahead i think just the personnel they have on board you know the quickly the barns the barrett of it all that's going to determine sort of more the future outlook than whatever happens on the court, I think, down the stretch here as Stark Ryakovich tries to figure, th figure some things out and figure some things out on defense this team certainly needs to do. They also need to figure out what the hell they're going to do with Pascal Siakam, huh? We're going to get to that coming up in just a second as that continues to loom and sort of cast a cloud across all of what the Toronto Raptors are doing these days. We'll get to that coming up in just one second. But first, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's right. The NFL season is moving into the postseason right now, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel with that 150 bucks in bonus bets when you place a $5 bet. You don't even have to win the bet. You just place the bet, and those 150 bucks in bonus bets will be added to your account, and you can use them on all sorts of things within FanDuel's easy-to-use platform the app is so easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet like live same game parlays you can find bets in the new explore tab and you can make a parlay in the parlay hub the best way to find popular parlays that folks out there are playing again I, i've said this before i'm not much of a sports better but when i do like to throw a little money down it's usually when i'm in person at a game and when i'm in person at a game the live same game parlays are a really fun way to juice that up, you know, maybe take the over on Scotty Barnes' assist, take the over on Jonte Porter, threes made. He's bombing away, baby. The whole one of four on Friday. But, you know, he's got it in him. He's hit, he's hit, he had a two, or two for three night over the, the road trip and all that stuff. Uh, you can put together the same game, same game parlays and have some fun in person by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on and make, making your first bet a layup. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, we continue on here. Your first listen of the day. Big V, Vivek Jacob, is here as we continue to uh, dissect what happened over the road trip and what is to come for the Toronto Raptors now that they're back home for a little bit. Three games this week, Celtics tonight, and then Heat and Bulls on a back-to-back. -back. We were at home back-to-back -back on Wednesday and Thursday. Rarely you see that, but that is what they've been handed. Okay, Big V, let's, uh, let's talk about Pascal, huh? Uh, continues to be... <laughs> 
a big old elephant in the room hanging over everything over the course of the road trip. I'd argue one of the most encouraging things was the way Pascal Siakam seems to fit with the new pieces that this team has on hand. And yet all of the reporting, all of the scuttlebutt, all of the subterfuge continues to point towards the Toronto Raptors not seemingly having Pascal Siakam in their plans. If you want a full breakdown of this whole thing, go to last week's episode we did with Joe Wolfond. Uh, I thought we kind of covered the Pascal conundrum as well as you possibly could in a podcast form, so go listen to that. But um, yeah, he's playing well. He Even against the Jazz in a game where nobody was efficient at all, Pascal Siakam, 27 on 8 of 14, 5 of 6 from 3. He's back up to like 33% from deep all of a sudden. He's having himself a really, really nice season. And we know the market factors at play. We know all that's tied up in the Pascal Siakam thing right now. What's your sort of read on the status, Big V? How are you feeling about where things sit with Pascal Siakam? Uh, this is not going away for the next three and a half weeks until we get to the deadline, I'm sure. Um, I can't wait for this to go away one way or another. I can't stand sort of the constant, well, what about this Pacers package of garbage? Uh, sort of, uh, you know, stuff that goes on out there. Where are you at with the Pascal stuff? How are you feeling about where things currently sit with the Toronto Raptors' best offensive player? I don't feel good about where things are at. Uh, no, start no, off. me neither. <laughs> <laughs> And it starts with the summer because for me, when Pascal became ineligible for the Supermax, and I think this is something that people are forgetting, when he became ineligible for the Supermax, that should have been the green light for for the front office to say, thank God we avoided that. Mm -hmm. He is a regular Max player. He's definitely not a Supermax player. We can give him this money. Now, whether or not ownership was just like, we don't want to give that up for Pascal. That's a different conversation in terms of who you put the blame on. But in terms of how it should have played out, that to me is what should have happened. And so for there to be no conversations over the summer. Dude, they then, ghosted him. They just like stopped yeah. talking to him. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. You would think the only reason you would do that is if you have a deal in place. And now Pascal is just playing the hand he's been dealt. He's playing really good basketball and he's saying, okay, well, you didn't trade me before December 30th. So now I'm just stuck with, a, a, you know, a, a best case scenario of signing a two-year extension, which completely screws me over. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to any of these teams. I want that uh, regular max extension. Um, and he's just taking care of himself, which the Raptors, with the way they treated him, he is absolutely entitled to do. Uh, this is and, what every and, player should do, by the way. Like, and this sort whole, of narrative yeah. that's been going around of just like, oh, Pascal has completely like tanked his value by saying he won't sign an extension here <laughs> and this and that. It's like, what would you do in his situation? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> You know, the team that you've been uh, nothing but an incredible soldier for for seven and a half seasons, ghosted you for an entire summer, hasn't paid you, ta talked about in vague terms about you being selfish at the start of the season, said that we don't have plans for you basically without saying it. And now they're kind of sitting there like, well, what do we do with this? Like, yeah, of course you're going to prioritize yourself here. Of course. So I'm very disappointed with the way things have played out. And now obviously you're getting... 
these packages that are far below what uh, he is actually worth as a player because of his contract situation. Mm-hmm. And so it still remains the best thing for the Raptors to extend him, even if it is to trade him down the line. Yep. That is 100% the best play you have right now. But it obviously looks like things aren't headed that way. Um, you would think that, that uh, the extension would have been done by now um, if that were the case. And so, yeah, ultimately, like the one thing I've been thinking about is like you think about, you know, everything that has stemmed from the 905 and sort of that competitive advantage that the Raptors have had. And what a great example both Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam uh, were of all that and the rise that they've had from, you know, being G League champions to being in the bench mob to winning um, an NBA title. And then, you know, they were the ones that were kind of left to pick up the pieces. Now, obviously, they were given great opportunities as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to to potentially see both of them walk out the door for nothing. Uh, I think that's going to be a real stain on this franchise. Yeah, I mean, they better not have Pascal walk out the door for nothing, I guess, is sort of where they're at, right? Like, you can't, I like, it's such hubris to go into a second summer with your most important pending UFA going into a market where there's a max out there probably for Pascal. The Detroit Pistons clearing up a bunch of cap space yesterday with a very little deal. The Pistons have been mentioned as a Siakam team. I don't frankly get it for the Pistons, but hey, go nuts, Troy Weaver, I guess. Do your uh, end of career and <laughs> trying to save your job desperation moves, baby. Uh, go off King. But yeah, it, it's you got the Pistons, you've got the Pacers, you have this leverage I think the Raptors have sort of had dry up. Their leverage has been, well, we can just max them. And, and you know, if you're not going to give us stuff, we're just going to max them. But every day that goes by, they tip their hand as to we don't actually want to max this guy. And so these teams are kind of holding the Raptors over a barrel. One would think in these conversations being like, well, we can just take this to the summer. Maybe the Pistons opening themselves up as a real target with the Pacers and the Sixers all being out there. Maybe there's too much risk now for a team to not trade for him ahead of the deadline and sort of count on their ability to sign him in the summer as he is going to be probably the bell of the ball because of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George seemingly signing on long-term with the Clippers that I mean, Kawhi already has. I'm assuming Paul George is going to do that as well. And so maybe that works in the Raptors' favor here. There being too much of a broad market for him to land a max in the summer. But, um, you know, that I, I think ultimately their, their clear leverage play was, well, we can just sign him. And I'm not getting any sort of indication that that's what they want to do, even though, once again, he seems to fit pretty beautifully with the new players they have and with an Emmanuel quickly Scotty Barnes duo with Siakam running in the sidecar I feel like you could do some pretty fun stuff as soon as next season and yet they seem to be hell-bent on moving him for whatever it's going to be and Mm -hmm. just the last point I'll make on the whole leverage thing and like the stuff that's being said about oh Pascal is not doing right by the franchise or this and that um if the Raptors had just got an extension done in the summer, mm-hmm. Pascal would pretty much be in the same boat as DeJounte Murray. Do you see anyone care- caring about what DeJounte Murray wants? No, yeah. because guess what? The Hawks got an ext- extension done with him. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a four-year 120 mil extension that kicks in. <laughs> and so when he's involved in all these trade rumors, it's just like, yeah, are the Hawks going to agree to this? Or is whoever uh, they're dealing with going to uh, work with this? 
And it all works because it's like, hey, this guy's already got an extension inked. And if mm -hmm. you just played your hand right, even if deep down you felt like you were going to trade this guy, you would have had max leverage if you just got the extension done in the summer. Mm -hmm. And now you're in this situation where you could end up walking down the exact same path that you did with Fred a season ago. Let's hope it doesn't come to that, man. Like if this goes through the deadline and it's not resolved one way or another, like... I, I don't even know. Like, what do you say at that point? It, it, it's just, it seems to be one of the more confusing, erratic cases of star player management that I can recall. It's really bizarre. We'll put a pin in it for now because it's making me frustrated and mad. And I don't want to start my week that way, man. We'll come back on the other side. We will round it out with a little look at what's on tap. Three games this week. Uh, at home, of course, the Knicks play, are, are, are on tap on Sunday as well, or Saturday. I don't know, but a couple of big games coming up this week. Celtics, Heat, Bulls, as we uh, dig into the return home, some home cooking, what we're hoping to see. We'll get to that coming up in just one sec. Today's show is brought to you by our dear friends over at Game Time, the single best way to go and buy tickets for the sporting event, concert event, theater ticket show, theater ticket show that's not a thing but either way you can find tickets for all the stuff you want to go to at game time and they make it totally free of guesswork you can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly where you're going to be and what to expect when you arrive no surprise pillars in front of you blocking or obstructing your view all in prices will also show you your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out none of those hidden fees slapped on at the back end you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps and game time of course has the game time guarantee which means you're always going to get the best price if you find tickets in the same section row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference i've used game time a ton i got tickets to a couple of sporting events in seattle over the summer i'm constantly perusing for last minute raptors deals they are the place to go for last minute tickets so go right now to take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time down the game time app create an account use the code locked on for 20 bucks off your first purchase again terms apply create an account and redeem the code locked on for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right we close it out here big v vivek jacob is here a reminder locked on sports today 24 7 is our all day streaming channel featuring all of the locked on national shows covering the biggest stories in sports as well as the local shows covering uh whatever's been going on from the local angle of course lots of football games yesterday and today over the weekend if you want to go catch up with your favorite team that lost in hilarious fashion or won triumphantly you can go check out locked on sports today 24 7 you'll probably find that team covered over there so go check it out okay big v uh coming back home it's nice it's been a while we get to watch games at normal hours and not have freaky sleep schedules all messed up it's a beautiful thing. I'm very relieved. Those 10.30 starts were driving me a little bit nuts. Um, but yeah, we have now a game tonight against the Boston Celtics. That should be a tricky one as the Boston Celtics are a wagon. We know this. Uh, without Jakob Pertl, I'm curious about that matchup in particular. We can dive into that. Um, like I mentioned off the top, though, they're 15-24. and 24. And as much as the vibes have been great, they got to start putting some wins on the board here. There are a couple games back in the lost column of the Bulls for the nine seed. Uh, you know, the Jazz, sorry, not the Jazz, the Hawks are, you know, they're the Hawks. They're not very good. They're pretty easy to keep pace with. But Jalen Johnson's popping off. Trey Young is actually playing defense for the first time in his life. So there's some sort of potency there, one would think. 
The Nets, I think, are awful. Look, this is kind of a sad race for the nine seed. But like I said on, on my show last week, uh, embrace it. It's fun and stupid. Let's dive into this really ridiculous nine seed race and really kind of attach our emotions and feelings to it. I think that's what sports fandom is frankly all about. I compared it to watching teams fight for 17th in the Premier League, uh, which is, you know, there's a fan enjoyment element to that as well, on top of all the existential dread that surely comes with being a Brentford fan. Um, but uh, Big V, sort of going into this week, is there anything you want to see in particular? Is there, a, you know, we can kind of take a, a big picture view here. Is there a matchup in particular that interests you? Is there a, a you know, a deployment you'd like to see from Darko Ryakovich? Is there just like a general theme you want to see? Is it just uh, containing perimeter uh, drivers on defense? You know, you can go any way you want here. What are your hopes and dreams for this three-game homestand against the Celtics, the Heat, and the Bulls Monday, Wednesday, Thursday? Don't embarrass us on national TV. TNT game <laughs> Thursday, second night of a back-to-back. <laughs> Raptors Bulls on a Thursday, man. What was the NBA thinking? <laughs> what were they thinking? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I will say, like, you go, you, you go into that Miami game, no, no, I mean, Likely no Jimmy Butler. He's played one game since December 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't played a game yet in 2024. Uh, Jaime Jaquez picked up an injury, and obviously he's been great as a rookie. Uh, and, and so he might be out for a little bit. And so you go into that one, you know, you, you should uh, be focused on getting a W in that one. Obviously, Boston's going to be tough. Chicago has played better. Uh, since Kobe White uh, went off, but you know that that's going to be a competitive game. And then I know we're just talking about these three games, but we got the big one after that: OG Ananobi and the New York Knicks. <laughs> so, the Knicks, who are uh, number one in defense and completely demolishing teams with OG Ananobi, uh, you love to see it. Frankly, shouts to OG, just the plus minus god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm probably in terms of where this team is at and taking steps forward, I'm probably evaluating, um, you know, the heat game uh, without a couple key, key guys, the bulls game and the Knicks game mm-hmm. um, more than I am, you know, like if, if things don't go well against Boston, I'm not going to uh, go too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm fascinated by the Boston game. Obviously, like they have not performed well against Boston this season. Are they 0 3? I think they're at least 0 2. They have well, they had that fantastic oh, no. first game of the play in tournament where it went down to the wire, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was at like a wedding or something during that, so I kind of missed it. Uh, but um, not playing in season tournament. That's right. Yeah, man, the in-season <laughs> tournament, how like fleeting that was as a Toronto Raptors fan. Didn't even feel like we were a part of it. Just <laughs> last team to play, first team out. Like, okay, sweet, fun. It's like being, uh, you know, one of the lower rung squads in Group H of the World Cup. Uh, just kind of getting demolished by Brazil in your first game and not having a shot. But um, we are all Costa Rica. No, the, the I'm I'm fascinated about this matchup against Boston without Jakob Pertl. We've seen Pertl be kind of a strange piece in these games against Boston. Like, they're giving him tons of space. He, at times, has been able to kind of bully Kristaps Porzingis for some buckets. But for the most part, I I think his sort of existence on the floor, and this was obviously before the trade, so the dynamics are very different now. But 
before the trade, it was very sort of, all right, we're going to give Yak all the space in the world. We're going to close off every other passing lane, all your elbow stuff. Haha, <laughs> good luck running that because we're just not going to allow those passing lanes to develop. Um, you know, they're a really good team. I, I do think without Yak is sort of an interesting matchup. And I, I'm curious to see, like, can Scotty Barnes sort of go toe to toe with Chris Dapps? Is Chris Dapps going to go post up mode where he's been so bloody efficient the last couple of years? Is that something where they sort of get into the trap of sending doubles and scrambling all around? You know, they haven't been super aggressive with double teams and stuff like that under Darko Ryakovich, but maybe this is the type of game where they lean into that a little bit more. It's a, it's a fascinating one. I, I am, I think there's a lot of fun wrinkles with this matchup without Yaka Pertle if they are going smaller against the Boston team that is big, but also like they're so wingy, they're kind of, you know, they resemble the Raptors a little bit in terms of their sort of across the board length. Um, you know, Derek White's obviously fantastic. He's been ridiculous. Jalen Brown does his thing. I, I just, I don't know. I find this matchup to be fascinating without Yaka Pirtle, even if the Raptors are severely outgunned, probably. I think there's probably some fun stuff they can do to try to turn the Chris Stapps and Al Horford of it all kind of against the Celtics. You know, Luke Cornett's not going to be out there dominating Yaka Pirtle this time around. Thank God that was ugly. Um, I don't know. Any stray thoughts on this matchup with Boston in particular? I think it could be kind of a fun one. And hey, man, with the way the team has played, the vibes they've had, the Jazz game notwithstanding, I'm not putting it past them to kind of come home and just sort of punch the Celtics in the mouth a little bit. Like they've shown that they have a little bit of punch to them. So, uh, you know, Boston's really good. They will probably win this game, but I'm pretty intrigued by what this matchup could entail. Yeah, matchup wise, there is some fun stuff to look forward to. You look at, you know, the wingness of it all, and you got Pascal, and you got. <laughs> I'm ordering wings for tonight's game, just in honor of the players on the court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and Scotty has had some pretty notable games against the Celtics. Sure um, has. Maybe more so on the road, but yeah, it'll be cool if we could uh, get a fun matchup between, you know, him and Tatum, and uh, I think. Could have some fun moments. Uh, again, I'm not getting my hopes up. Boston, mm-hmm. you know, they, they just look incredible. And, uh, you know, we talked about, hey, last game of a road trip. Well, the first game back usually presents some issues too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. Sure does. <laughs> <laughs> I, that is one of the weirder sort of commonly held truths in the NBA is like, oh, first game back from a road trip, you stink. It, like, Always seems to be true. Players talk about it. Alvin talks about it on the broadcast all the time. I yeah. have no unearthly clue why that's a thing, uh, but it is. So, you know, I guess we'll deal with it. It should be noted, the the, the Celtics, while 19-0 at home this season, 11-9 on the road. So beatable on the road if you get them on the right night, I suppose. We'll see. I'm pretty excited for this one. Usually I, I look forward to Celtics games with a creeping sense of dread as we get closer to tip. But this one, um, and look, this is nothing against Jakob Pertl. They very clearly miss Jakob Pertl on this team. There's no doubt about it. One of the big takeaways from the road trip was, wow, Jakob Pertl's a valuable basketball player to making this whole thing work. Um, you know, probably would have had a lot better success pe- peeling apart that jazz junky ass zone on Friday had they had Jakob Pertl's passing from the middle. Um, but you know, alas, they did not. I, I think this, uh, I don't even know where I was going. This matchup is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it and I look forward to breaking it down on tomorrow's podcast as well, where I believe we'll be joined by our pal Assad Alvi, which uh, it's been a little while since we had him on the show. So if that's look forward to, all right, big V we'll leave it there. Do you have anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Uh, usual is so I'll be doing, uh, general NBA stuff. 
for Sportsnet still, so you can still look forward to that. I recently did like a top 10 trade targets piece uh, that you can check out there. And then later this week, I should have something on how the Knicks have looked so far with Mr. OG Ananobi. I probably have that lined up for before, right before the Raptors play them. It's a, it's a three-word long piece. It's, they look great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will read every word of it. <laughs> yeah, besides that, you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. And again, all cricket fans, I will be writing for Cricket Canada uh, over yeah. the next six months leading up to and including uh, their first ever appearance at the T20 World Cup. So pumped for that. I'm pumped for that for you, my friend. That's sick. Uh, we're going to leave you. it there, though. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow. Like I said, Assad's going to pop by, I think, to talk about Raptors Celtics. Should be uh, interesting. Uh, if, if nothing else, uh, hopefully they don't get pasted again. <laughs> it would be, it'd be a real shame to have all those great vibes and then two straight nasty losses kind of nuke them all. You know, vibes are a fickle thing in this year NBA. Let's hope they can be maintained. Either way, appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow. In the meantime, uh, extend Pascal Siakam now. Bye-bye.